Today on The Girl Defined Show, we're talking about God's design for sex and whether or not the wedding night is awkward if it's your first time. Hey, sisterhood. I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And we're the founders of Girl Defined Ministries, where we are discovering God's radical design for femininity and identity together. We are so glad that you are joining us for this episode. We're glad you join us every week, every Monday when we come out with new episodes. But today's topic is one that we, I can't tell you how many times we've been asked this question on social media, through our email, girls that I meet in person, just like, tell me, they want to know. It's like the question that's almost like, you can't ask it in like, oh, it's like, can I ask this? Like, is it awkward to be a virgin on your wedding night? And we're just going to go for it in this episode. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. We were talking like before we started recording, obviously, and um, (laughs) I... I was thinking, I was like, you know, we get asked this question all the time. Like, is it awkward? Is it weird? Um, And I'm like, you know, if we're not going to talk about it, Mm -hmm. like, where are y'all going to go to? Google? I mean, you're not going to get great advice there. Don't go to Google. (laughs) But, and then it's like, sometimes it can feel even more awkward asking in person, like, to someone's face. Like, so tell me the scoop, you know? Unless you have a really good friend who's married or, or, you know, really close to your mom or aunt or whoever you know. Um, So I feel like this is a great place to discuss the true issues that we think about because, mm-hmm. you know, our just everything to do with our bodies and our sexuality and marriage, you know, we we are talking to a ton of you who are single. Obviously, there are those of you who are married or, you know, the, we come from different backgrounds and, you know, we all approach these conversations with a different, I guess, uh, different families and different upbringings and different churches. But the one reality is, is that we are all on here and we want to learn more about God's design mm-hmm. for our lives as women. We want to learn more about God's um, just how he created a marriage, his good design for sex. So we are going to, we're going to go there, but we are also going to approach this in a very, um, I guess, respectful, yeah. not like a raunchy, crude, like we're not going to be diminishing. Vulgar. vulgar yeah. yeah. So just know that this is going to be a very respectful conversation, but we're also going to make sure you mm-hmm. get your questions answered. So this would be, you know, if you're someone that's younger and, or maybe you're a mom listening, like, great, grab your daughters, listen together. This will bring up some great conversation. If you have little kids in the car, maybe you're like, maybe this isn't the episode for them. (laughs) But it is going to be an amazing conversation. And, you know, share this with your friends, because I guarantee they probably are asking this question as well. I don't know if I've seen anyone else really addressing this. Like... I don't really see too many people like yeah, from a Christian perspective. There true, are some. We'll true. talk about some recommendations later for other ministries that are digging into the nitty gritty, but it's not common. If you appreciate the fact that we address questions like this, like a few weeks ago, we had an episode on pornography. We talk about biblical womanhood. We get into what the Bible gets into on this podcast and it's unashamed, it's bold, but we hope it's grace-filled and so relevant for your life today as Absolutely. a Christian woman. If you appreciate that, you have no idea how much it helps this podcast by leaving a review, particularly a five-star review. It helps us so much because the more reviews, the more the analytics, or not analytics, what's it called? Like the algorithm will expose it to more people, more women, just like you hoping to find biblical truth to encourage them in their walk with Christ. And so please, even as you're listening right now, scroll down, tap that five-star button, leave a quick review, tell us why you like this, what you want to hear more from on this podcast, and it helps us out so much. So thank you. Mm -hmm. And I do want to say really quick, because just like I mentioned, we're all coming from different backgrounds. We're yeah. all coming from different upbringings. And in no way are we, you know, a- you know, answering this question, is it awkward being a virgin on your wedding night? And and saying, you know, any of you who have um, had sex in the past, or maybe you're like, wow, I was 16 and I made a horrible decision. Is there any hope for me? You know, we want to start out by saying that there is redemption and forgiveness. And God really is the God of second chances in so many ways. You know, he... he he knows that we are 
sinful fallen humans and that we do we do not always obey we do not we don't always obey his word or maybe you weren't a christian for a long time and you're like wow i didn't even understand god's design so i didn't even know that you know, he had anything to say about this. So we just want you to know that one, God, if we come to him with repentant hearts and and we acknowledge like, God, I, I did, I, I didn't follow your design in this area. And I had sex with someone who was not my husband. Please forgive me for that. I recognize in your mm-hmm. word that that is reserved for marriage. And I want to follow you from this day forward in this area. And you know what? God says that he promises forgiveness when we come to him and when we ask. So we can come to this conversation today knowing that there is forgiveness for all of us because all of us come to the table truly, um, you know, not perfectly pure or not just, you know, crushing it. It's like we all need his strength, his redemption, and his forgiveness in our life. So let's have humble hearts as we approach this topic um, and just, you know, with the goal of striving to, you know, better live for Christ and maybe one day get married and, you know, love our husbands well and, you know, really embrace God's design for sex well. Mm -hmm. So I just want to make sure we start with that. Yeah, that's a really, really good word. Okay, let's zoom out for a minute, though, because we're going to share a little bit of each of our personal stories. Like, okay, our journeys. A lot of you know, yeah, we were virgins on our wedding night and it was the first time we'd ever had sex ever. And so we get asked a lot because, you know, we'll talk about God's design for sexuality, marriage. And so like people will ask us, like we said directly, was it awkward? Was ah, it like, do you okay. regret it? But you, I want to, you got to, you got to, are you, oh, you want to rewind, give the big picture I want to give the big or? picture, like just to set the tone for like, what is it? Because okay. if we don't always refocus on like the bullseye of God's design for yeah. sexuality, for sex and intimacy more particularly, then it's like, yeah, we can have this conversation, but if we don't get the bigger picture from from the get-go, like, why does it even matter? Like, yeah. why is it even a big deal to, like, just have sex with your husband yeah. one day in marriage? Like, what's the point? Then I think we can kind of miss it. So, like, totally. maybe just a quick overview of God's yeah. design, right? And then you can share your story, and then I can share mine. And Because yeah. they're listening, like, wait, is she going to just skip no, her no, no, story? No, 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 no. You better not click fast forward right now. You better yeah, not. No, 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 because yes. here. <laughs> That's a good point. You, you better, better not, not click, click that, like, 15 seconds forward, 30 seconds yeah, forward. Yeah, like, where's the No, story? no, because this is so good. This is yes. what compels us. This is where even the redemption, no matter where you've been up to this point, what you've done, you might be sitting here thinking, wow, yeah, I've messed up. Or man, I've been married and divorced and I find myself in this place and I'm wondering, God, is there hope for me? Or you're the girl who's like, yeah, I'm fighting for purity. I haven't had sex, but I'm wondering, is it worth it? Yes, like, this is uh-huh. really hard. Is it worth it? Like, the world's telling me it's not worth it. Just have fun. Live it up while you're young, but I don't know. So or, or the girl who is, you know, I think we have a lot of girls who are like, well, I grew up in a really conservative home and I'm like kind of scared of that. I'm not even excited. True. So is this something to even be excited about or is this just right. like weird, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. We have a lot of different perspectives yeah. here right now. Okay. One thing we know for sure when we open up God's word is that God is not shy when it comes to sex and intimacy. We as Christians can sometimes be a little bashful in the church about it. So that's why we go to the world for answers because we're like, I'm not hearing anything from my pastor. Yeah. God isn't shy. We open up the Bible and from the beginning, we see God creating a man and a woman. We see two genders. We see him saying, you know, Adam knew his wife. He was yeah. intimate, be fruitful and multiply. We see he marriage. created their bodies on purpose. It wasn't an sexual accident. beings. Yeah. Yes, created for sexual intimacy. But we see God from the beginning. You know, he had there was he had a blank slate. He could have created anything Absolutely. he wanted, and he made a man and a woman, sexual beings, and then gave them marriage, brought them together, and then he placed sex within the boundaries of that beautiful relationship. And we don't know all the nuances in Genesis, right? Like we can't see the full picture till we see the whole Bible. Then we see, oh, in the New Testament, we have passages in Ephesians giving us a clearer picture of 
marriage being a picture of Christ and the church. It's an earthly mirror pointing us to a greater spiritual reality, showing us the true need of our heart um, in the reflection of the man and the wife. The husband is Christ and the bride represents the church. And it's that picture of Christ coming, pursuing his church, sacrificing for her, that agape love. That is the picture God wants us to show in marriage, reflecting God's redemption for humanity, the gospel, essentially, the relationship between Christ and his church. And then the intimacy that God placed within marriage, sexual intimacy, intimacy is supposed to be, according to God's word, it's in that covenant. And a covenant is a word we don't say a lot. Like I never really use it except when I'm talking about biblical marriage. I'm not like talking about it a ton, but really a covenant is such a powerful word because what it means is it's a promise so strong it cannot be broken. And all throughout scripture, we see God saying, I'm making a covenant with who? With his people, with Abraham, with Isaac. We see these covenants in the Old Testament. We see this covenant with Christ and his people, his, as he died on the cross, redeemed people, bridge that gap so we could have that relationship with God again. God is saying, I'm making a covenant with you, my people. It's a promise so strong, it can't be broken. And God is saying, that's what marriage points to. Mm. Marriage is supposed to be a covenant between a husband and wife so strong that it can't be broken. And it's pointing to that love, that covenant that God has with his people. And then it's only within that covenant, that sacred relationship where true intimacy can be experienced, yeah. can be enjoyed as you um, enter that union of oneness. That that on a physical level in marriage is what God wants to have with us on a spiritual level in our relationship with him, that deep, intimate relationship, that oneness with Christ. And so marriage and sex is so much more than just, it is passion, it is beautiful, like it is pleasurable, um, and God designed it to be that, but it's also so much more, it's pointing to the gospel, to a bigger picture. And so having that foundation, even as we approach this, it helps to remind us, oh, you know, if you're the girl wondering, like, is it worth the wait? Like, it's worth it because you're you're living for something so much more than yourself. You're pointing others to Jesus through your sexuality. Yeah, and I think another big aspect of God's design is that, you know, it's hard to understand, which is why we strongly recommend reading Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Mm -hmm. Heart, um, the book we wrote on this topic, because you know, this, you might think like, well, I don't really need to read that to have one day a good sex life and marriage, but actually, truly you do. The more you understand God's design, the better your intimacy will be in marriage. And the reason I say that is because when you think about Christ, what does the Bible say? It says he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And he fulfilled his ultimate purpose. He said, I come to do the will of my father. How did he fulfill God's will? By literally coming and serving and giving up his life. And that's how we found life. And that's how, you know, ultimately anyone who comes to him is saved and redeemed. Um, And that's what true agape love is. It's not coming to be served, but to serve and to love the other. And truly the best intimate relationships are those where you come to the marriage bed and you say, I'm not here to be served served, but to serve the other. And when a husband and wife both come to the marriage bed and say, I am here to love you, to serve you in intimacy, it sounds weird, but that's when you find the most satisfaction because you're not so hyper-focused on yourself and what you're getting, but on giving the other person a wonderful, Mm -hmm. beautiful time and you're loving them and saying, how can I make this amazing for you? And then when they're doing that for you, it is the most beautiful, romantic, special, non-awkward thing in the world. So Mm -hmm. even down to the heart of Christ, the way he loves us, if you even 
and take that heart yes. into your bedroom, you know, the marriage bed, um, it transforms it and makes it beautiful. So you can see just how much even the gospel impacts every area mm-hmm. of our life. And when you hear people say that, like the gospel impacts everything, it's like, tell me how, you know, that's how, because it's that heart and that mindset. Um, and I guarantee you, like, if you are married, you're probably like, yes, that makes so much sense. But if you're single, like the more you can transform mm-hmm. your mind to view things in this light and especially view intimacy through this lens, you are going to be so much better prepared mm-hmm. than if you didn't. Yeah. And that bullseye, like you're talking about, that heart of the gospel in the bedroom, that should be a book. <laughs> the gospel in the bedroom. No, because it's like what you're saying. Like, no, how does the gospel weird, impact though. everything? Like, that does sound really weird. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But it's true. It's like down to the marriage bed, right? It's like, wow, God has, he's so intentional, which that that should answer the question of, well, why is it a big deal? Doesn't matter. Well, think about it. The world says, it's no big deal. Have sex with whoever you want. Like, it's all about you. It's all about your pleasure. Think about what Bethany just explained about it being that self-sacrificing yeah. agape love. The world says it doesn't matter. You put you first. If you feel it, go for it. Yeah. That's the opposite of denying oneself for the good of the other. That yeah. self-sacrifice. I am caring about someone else more than myself. That's the gospel. And in marriage, sex is the celebration of that covenant commitment, right? You stood at an altar. You said, till death do us part. I'm committing to this person. That's where sex belongs. But outside of marriage, there's no covenant. And so basically, you're doing with your body what you aren't doing with your life. You're you're actually living a lie, essentially, because you're saying, I am becoming one with this person, but my body is becoming one, but my heart is not in this covenant. My life is not in, the, in this covenant. And so essentially, it's a false celebration. It's not the real deal, which is why it's yeah. so destructive. It leaves so many chasing that fulfillment, following their heart. It leaves them empty on the other side because that covenant, which is the foundation in which sex is to be celebrated, it's not there. And so at the end of the day, it's just empty pleasure. It doesn't last. It doesn't fulfill as yeah. God designed it to be in that covenant. So there's so many other things we could go into about why God's design is so good, sure. so intentional, and why sex outside of marriage is really like a fish out of water. It might seem okay for a few minutes or for like a time, but really at the end of the day, it's so destructive. And so, yeah, let's get that beautiful picture in the front of our minds yeah. right now and you know, answer that question that you're all waiting for. Yes. Like, okay, okay. Let's get to it. Like, is being a virgin awkward on your wedding night? Okay, I I feel like you have to go first since you got married <laughs> 10 years ago. I got married two and a half years ago, so I'm still a newbie. Um, but I feel like, you know, actually, you and Zach, what podcast was that? You and Zach shared your whole love story. So if people are wondering, like, wanting more of your story, wanting more of your... Um, you, it was like friendship, dating, yeah. marriage, engagement, Yeah, go back marriage. a few episodes, a few weeks back It was like this. episode 13 or 14. Yeah, and you'll um, see it was like friendship, dating, yeah. engagement, and so marriage. So you get their whole story there, so you don't have to go into all the details, mm-hmm. but rewind with us to like yeah. an overview and then was it awkward? Yeah. So Zach and I both grew up with this understanding of sexuality, which I'm so grateful for. I will say it wasn't like a full understanding. I still, I'm still learning. I still don't fully understand it. I don't know if we ever will till we actually, you know, are in heaven, but you know, we understood, okay, God does have a plan for sexuality. He has a good purpose for sex. It isn't just random. It's meant to be celebrated within a covenant of marriage. And so we were both committed to that separately, even before we ever met each other. And so when we met each other, that wasn't an area that we were both like, you know, how do you, what do you think? How do you feel? You yeah. know, are you trying to go for it? Are you tempting me? Like, are you pushing this? Like we both knew from the get-go, like that's not something we're going to do until we're married with our spouse, whether that's you or someone else, like it's just not, we're not going there. And so we had set up boundaries and, you know, as we got to know each other, like just getting to know each other's hearts and building that friendship. Like I shared a for few sure. episodes ago and, you know, dating. And then obviously y'all know we're married and we've been married for almost 10 years. So we did get married, but neither of us had ever had sex before. And, you know, going into that, 
night, I will say like there is, you know, you have that understanding biblically, but you're like, I've never experienced this. Mm -hmm. I would say the thing that really helped each of us is just preparing by reading really like God, like Christ-centered teachings on sex. And, you know, I don't recommend like you get too nitty gritty, like way before you're married, but just like, you know, we had had a good understanding, but then as it got closer to the wedding day, just really reading some things that people had recommended, like good resources for learning about sex specifically. Do you remember any of those resources? Are you? Well, the one that I felt like was really helpful is called Intended for Pleasure, which is very commonly known, but I don't recommend it if you're not in a season of like engagement close to your wedding day. Like it might not be helpful, you know, just from a temptation standpoint, because it's pretty nitty gritty, but like books like that, um, I'm trying to think of some others. It's been so long Okay, So Intended for Pleasure, I know that that's a great one. Y'all started reading it, and then you even brought it on your honeymoon. It was super helpful. Well, separately, Um, yeah, we weren't reading it together, but like right before we got married. Yeah, and you know, it's like you don't know what you don't know. And I will say back then, I was a little bit like embarrassed to just straight up ask people in person that I knew. I was kind of like, oh, like I don't really know what to ask. And so I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to find some biblical resources and books that like our pre-marriage counselors had recommended. This was actually one of them. And so I think preparing by learning a Christ-centered view of sex, because like Bethany shared earlier, the whole mindset of serving, if you go into your marriage with that perspective into the wedding night, like how can I serve this other person and not just make it all about me, 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 then it's less about like, oh, am I going to have a good experience? Am I going to be awkward? Or is he going to like me? It's like, okay, yeah, those might be questions. You might not know for sure the answer, but like, Lord, help me to make this about just like serving and loving and enjoying this gift. And if it is awkward, that's okay. Like if it's a little awkward, we've never done this. Like we're not experienced pros here and we both know that. And so Zach and I, you know, we knew that going into it. We're like, this is the first time for both of us. So yeah, there might be like a little bit of awkwardness, some clunkiness. We're not pros. We have no idea what we're doing. We've never done this before. I mean, think about anything else in life, right? If you've never, ever done it, you've only learned about it, but you've never done it. Like, okay, you're not going to be, it's not going to be like the smoothest experience ever. But if you have the right heart going into it, I think that is what's so beautiful and what's so precious about the experience. So for Zach and me, yeah, we went into it like, there were nerves. There was like, oh, like anticipation. But, you know, from the start, even on our wedding night, we had like a beautiful conversation just about how we wanted this first experience with each other to be about serving one another. And like Zach actually did the sweetest thing. Um, He was like, I really want to model what Christ was for the, his disciples and for us, you know, the people when he came. And so he had a little bowl of water and he washed my feet. And it was like, Aww. if anyone, my sister knows that I have really stinky feet. <laughs> so Zach actually knew that too. Like, I just have really stinky That's feet, hilarious. full disclosure. But he washed my feet and he said, I want this to be just a picture of how I want to serve you and love you in our relationship. I want to love you like Christ loves the church. I want to be that in this marriage. He's like, I'm not going to be it perfectly. I can't, I'm not Christ, but I want to model that. I want to have that heart of Christ. And so he's like, I want to wash your feet to show you that. And it was just like, oh, like the sweetest thing and kind of set the tone for the rest yeah. of the evening and the romance and the passion. And it was, it Let was the so passion the passion. So, I'm not going to get into any details, but yeah, it was beautiful. And I will say that we were both a little nervous. Yeah. Um, and that's totally normal. And yeah, like first time it was not the smoothest ever, but like just so fun. It was like, you know, we have our whole lives to yeah. enjoy sexual intimacy. Like, let's just enjoy this first night and then we're going to keep growing and learning and having fun together totally. and just enjoying this gift. And that's what it's been. And so 10 years yeah. later, 
we're, we're a lot better than we used to be. <laughs> but it was, yeah. I would say, a beautiful celebration. And yeah. and there was nerves, but I would say it wasn't awkward. Yeah. So for, because I'm trying to be a listener now, so I'm like mm. turning into interview mode. Oh. Because <laughs> I, I want to think like, okay, what questions before jumping into my story? Because they might be like, oh. Yeah. So what would you say was like num- the number one thing that prepared you to make it not awkward? Coming from mm. a Christian, like coming mm-hmm. from, you came... You and Zach both came from really conservative yeah. backgrounds. Right. Um, and so for the girl who's like, wow, y'all, like, you know, you didn't really talk about this a lot in your families. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, like, how was that not totally awkward or, like, mm-hmm. a huge disappointment? Like, whoa, this was not what I was expecting because you said now, 10 years later, obviously, y'all have learned a lot. Right. You've grown a lot. So, like, how did you set yourself up for success? Yeah. I think, well, uh, like, I am the queen of expectations. Yeah. It's something I'm always working on. Like, Lord, help me to not have every expectation. And Going into that, you know, you can kind of imagine like, oh, I hope it's like this or I yeah, hope it's just exactly. beautiful and all these things. And so I think there were expectations, but at the same time, I just remember like telling myself like, this is brand new. Like we've never done this because Zach had been like such a faithful man. It was like, you know, I I think the best piece of advice was just don't have so many expectations. Don't try to picture what the perfect night would be, but totally. just enjoy whatever it is yeah. for what it is. And if you look back and go, oh, wow, that was kind of clunky or awkward a little bit, like it's okay. Hey, like love them. Don't make it about yeah. you. Have a selfless heart. Love them and don't have expectations and just whatever it is, it is. And there's yeah. things Zach and I look back and we do laugh about our first night. Like, oh, that was like so sweet and so beautiful. But that one thing was really funny. And it's <laughs> just like, it's even sweet bonding. It's yes. like the first time you're entering into that celebration of that covenant physically. And so it's so beautiful. But I mean, I think we can see the humor sometimes yeah. in somehow how things unfold. So yeah, try not to have expectations. Just say, Lord, let this be a beautiful celebration. Let us both just celebrate this um, and, oh, communicate a lot. Like, don't be shy about your communication. You could even say like, hey, like, I'm feeling a little nervous right now. And you can even just say that. And that immediately relieves all the tension because it's not about you trying to pretend like you know everything. You can just say, I've never done this and I'm a little nervous. Are you? Yeah, me too. Like, okay, great. Here we go. You know? (laughs) Totally. I like that. Okay. So what about you? You're more fresh. Yeah. Hot off the press. It's been a while for me, but I mean, you got married in the last few years. Not even two and a half years ago. So it is fresh, hot off the press. Um, and I I mean, I had the, I guess, privilege of getting married a little bit older. So that gave me a lot more time to mm. observe other marriage, just read great books, listen to podcasts, have other friends who were married. So by the time I got married, it's like I had so many friends who were married. Where yes. with you, <laughs> Learned you from were all one of mistakes. the beginning, like one of the beginning, yeah. one of the first ones, like in our friend group and stuff to get married. Yeah. So you didn't have quite the resources that I did. So basically, I we was were amazing. Like, no, making okay. all the mistakes. So I would say like quick overview, Dave and I, I'm now 32. He, and I'm five and a half years older than him. So I was 30 when I got married and he was 24. <laughs> Which sounds like a lot. We're five and a half years old. I love how you laugh after because you said it. <laughs> whenever I say it, it's like 24 and 30. It's like, that actually is kind of a lot. Only um, because it's when you're in a 20 yeah, and 30. So we um, obviously had been friends and we started dating and then we got engaged and we were so excited to get married. We were engaged for about six months and... A friend described it to me this way, like preparing for intimacy, preparing for that honeymoon. Um, She kind of described like, okay, when you're engaged, you don't just go from not talking about it, not thinking about it to, okay, now you're on your honeymoon, full speed ahead. She was like, it's a little bit more like a ramp. So you Mm. start as the day approaches, you get more 
um, I guess, specific with your conversations, with uh, counseling, or maybe even some questions you might talk about together, things you might discuss. As you get closer to the wedding, you start kind of like ramping up into that moment as far as like even internally, like mentally, you might be like, okay, um, how am I, you know, how am I feeling about this? How am I thinking about this? And you start preparing emotionally. Like you might even, you know, as you're preparing and maybe buying some fun things that you might wear on the honeymoon, maybe even pulling Mm -hmm. them out or trying them on and saying, okay, like, wow, look, God gave me a beautiful body to love my husband. And you start just mentally getting yourself in that place. Because if you, if you're just going from zero to 100, as far as like even allowing yourself to think about God's design for it, it might be a bit of a shock. So Mm -hmm. I think that for Mm -hmm. me, that was actually extremely helpful. And I was very careful to have great mentors and we were in premarital counseling and we were very careful about our conversations guided often by the advice we were getting. So we were not just doing this on our own. So I recommend, you know, finding a great older couple who you feel comfortable asking, like, really, for you, they might feel like uncomfortable questions. Everything from maybe even like, you're like, hey, you know, more medical stuff to just even practical. Like, you've got to find a couple that you can talk to about the nitty gritty. And then Dave and I both found, I found a great girl who was married, and then he found a guy that was married. And we both had those individual people as our resource, like our person that we could go to to talk about like, all the things, you know, like any question Mm -hmm. you have in your mind. It's like, I had a great godly woman who I said, I really admire you and I totally trust you. And she was super not awkward about everything. (laughs) And so we had so many conversations and she even made herself available. Like, Hey, if you go on your honeymoon and you need someone to talk to like, you just need like, Hey, we ran into this problem or I don't understand what's going on. Or this is overwhelming. Like she was available for me if we needed to talk. And this Mm. guy was available for my husband if he needed to talk. I'm Um, guessing they were married. The couple was married. The couple was married. The couple was married. (laughs) Um, And I know it can be like hard, like, oh, but who do I ask? You just, you know, think about it, pray about it, and find the person where you feel like this would be the least awkward with. And I admire their marriage, so let Mm -hmm. me talk to them, you know? And one thing that I appreciated so much that I feel like really set my honeymoon up for success was just the positive perspective that this Mm. godly woman shared with me. And the same with our, like this older couple who was counseling Dave and I together in premarital counseling. But what I found is that there are a lot of people, especially for women who talk about sex in a very negative way, even when you're preparing for your honeymoon, like, ooh, it's going to be so awkward or, you know, like, uh, he's just going to want it so much more than you or whatever Mm. it is, not realizing like, wow, our thoughts directly fuel our emotions. And if I go into my honeymoon thinking like, oh, this is going to be so weird or this is going to be the worst or uh, what are we going to do? Like, (laughs) I'm going to feel really uncomfortable. So instead, I started developing a really positive, beautiful, Christ-centered, servant-hearted uh, mindset about sex and about intimacy and even just the gift of being able to share my body with my husband and love him in that way. Even things like lingerie, you know, like instead of being like, oh, but, you know, I I have cellulite, you know, like, no, this is, I can love my husband and I, God gave me this body that I can love him with and he gets to love me with his body. And so instead developing such a servant-hearted, loving mindset, I'm telling you that preparation mentally helped me so much as I approached the honeymoon. And now since I got married like two and a half years ago, I've actually talked a lot about this over on my Instagram at Bethany.Beal. And one of the questions I got, like, and I still get all the time, is this question, is it awkward to be a virgin on your wedding night? And people will always ask, like, oh, so how was the first night? How was it going? And um, how did it go? And something that I want to encourage you with is that, one, it's really nobody else's business, like, your honeymoon process and journey and those early (laughs) days and weeks and months of marriage. And there's no rule that says you have to 
fully like have sex the first night of your mm. of your honeymoon. And there's like this big expectation. If you want to, great. Um, and something that I intentionally decided I would never share about is, oh, did we have sex the first night? Did we not? Maybe it was two nights later. Maybe not. I'm not ever going to share that because I think that it's so important to go into your honeymoon with this mindset of, hey, this is brand new. We get to love each other. Mm. And you know, say it takes a couple days as we like really get comfortable and you're enjoying all the wonderful gifts that maybe you've never enjoyed before and you slowly ease into it, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like you and your now husband can communicate. And if you both have open hands and say, we're just trying to love each other. And if we ease into this a little bit slowly, that's okay because we're we're just trying to love each other well. And maybe I feel ready, but you you feel like oh, nervous. So let's just take it a little bit slower. And if you both have that servant heart heartedness toward each other, it makes it so like all the pressure just kind of disappears. Mm. And I think you may even feel like more excited than you than you realized. Um, so I would say for our like our. First time, I would say that it's exactly like you described, Kristen. Mm-hmm. It's so, there's so much anticipation. There's so many nerves. But think about it. Whenever you do something super, like, exciting, that's brand new, think about if you're going to go to, like, Disney World for the first time, you're excited. <laughs> or you're going to, maybe you're going to go and you're going to see, like, your favorite athlete or singer. Think about how excited and how much you anticipate it. And you have those nerves. Or maybe you want to mm. meet someone really amazing. You feel nervous and excited. It's kind of those same sort of jitters where you're like, but does that mean it's awkward? No, I think that, you know, being with the person who has stood before you and said, I am with you till death do you part. I love you through the good, the bad, the poor, and the the healthy. (laughs) Yeah. That is the most comfortable place that you would ever want to share that first intimate moment with. I mean, when you hear Mm -hmm. all these songs on the radio and these country songs like, hey, you know, take me back to the first time. It's like, so you're telling me that it's more comfortable to do the first time with someone who has no commitment to you, who has no care for you, or who has no long-term, say, I'm going to lay down your life for you? Like, why is that more comfortable? I don't think it is. I think the most comfortable place to fully reveal and enjoy this moment with would be with the person who has said, forever. I love you. And I am here for you no matter yeah. what. So for me, I know I'm going on a long time. I'm almost done. Kristen, hey, it's good. It's good. I get stuff. very passionate. Since I was just there not that long ago, it's like still a real yes. passionate topic for me. Um, but anyways, I would say that <laughs> I have so many things to say. Oh, okay. I, I'm saying too anyways. much. So last, last thing, let me just give a few recommended resources because I'm going on too long. Um, so, um, Let's see. I would definitely recommend Dear Young Married Couple. They have an Instagram. It's just the handle at Dear Young Married Couple. They also have a website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. They are specifically a, a ministry for young married couples, and they answer all sorts of questions. They bring amazing people on to discuss all of these sorts of things, like, okay, your honeymoon, um, just a lot of questions that we might feel uncomfortable asking, like about sex or intimacy. So I think this would be a great resource. Um, even if you're you know, not even in a relationship, they have a lot of stuff that's very appropriate for mm. singles as well. Um, and then you can just kind of choose, like, okay, is that something for dating or even engagement? But I would highly recommend if you are engaged for you and your fiance to both definitely dig into their resources um and uh let's see obviously sex period in the longings of a girl's heart i actually wrote that while i was dating and then engaged and i'm telling you that doing a deep dive on god's design for sex yes by writing that book was one of the best preparations for marriage that i could have ever been given i had no idea how much of a blessing reading and researching on god's design for sex was going to benefit my own marriage so just as a firsthand experience like don't neglect really learning mm-hmm. and growing in your understanding of god's good biblical design for sex because you will be so much more prepared for it than you know you would if you didn't mm-hmm. um, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is one other or two other books. There's a book called Intimate Issues by Linda Dillo and Lorraine mm. Pintus. And then the other one is, oh, and these would be really good questions for or books for I definitely I think like engaged closer to getting married um, or married. Um, the other one is 25 Questions You're Afraid to Ask About Love, Sex and Intimacy by Dr. Julie Slattery. And that would be a great one to get like as you're engaged, maybe take it on your honeymoon, that sort of thing. Um, and I know you were going to recommend yeah, just a podcast. A lot of you have heard us talk about Dr. Julie Slattery. You just mentioned her, but her podcast Java with Julie and then her ministry Authentic Intimacy. Yeah. We have learned so much from Dr. Slattery on just all things biblical sexuality. And it's a, a ministry geared toward women, yeah. which is unique in that so many ministries are for men and women, for marriages, you know, lots for men, um, but not a lot of ministries about sexuality for women specifically. And so they have so many amazing blog posts, like an incredible archive. You can search so many podcasts at answering specific questions, things that you may be walking through because your you, your situation is unique in some way Absolutely. and we're not addressing it here. You can go, okay, how you know what how should I think about this biblically and so please check out these resources honestly we personally have grown so much and I think there's a lot of fear in the unknown absolutely Um, and you know if you're having sex for the first time on your honeymoon there's so many unknowns but you can prepare emotionally spiritually mentally by understanding more about God's design on a spiritual level of just like even a medical level like you're saying practically biologically like okay God created men and women and there's things you can learn that will take some of the mystery of like oh which is why you're feeling fearful because you just don't understand some things and as you understand them and you see oh I see why God was so intentional in this way or he made my body that way oh this is normal like okay and it takes some of the fear away so that's really important I also want to say and then I have two things (laughs) oh you have two things three things I don't want to forget them Ah, they're really good I know that you listening right now, you have your own story. We each have our own story. And I know your story might be, yes, I, I'm approaching my wedding day. Um, and you know, my husband has had sex before, but I never have. Like, is that going to be awkward because he's had experience? Yes, he regrets it. Um, you know, I was actually a, a friend of mine that I was talking to. She had that same situation. Her husband um, had had sex years past in her relationship. He greatly regretted it. He's walking with the Lord, committed to this covenant marriage he was about to enter into. And she's like, I just feel awkward. Like, he has experience. I'm this newbie, but they both, you know, and they had had all the reconciliation from his past relationship yeah. with each other. Um, you know, they were really desiring to honor God in their relationship, in their marriage. And that goes back to the point of our God is in the business of redemption. It doesn't mean that sometimes yeah. we don't still experience consequences, but God can redeem any relationship. And so they entered into their honeymoon, their first night. It was first time for her to have sex. He had had it before, but they said afterwards, like, it was so beautiful to mm. watch God's redeeming work, to bring beauty about in their covenant or you both might you might be like I've had sex so is he we've had multiple partners like is there any beauty left for us in our future like yes there is because purity sexual purity it's not a destination you don't just arrive one day like yes I've stayed pure my whole life and I'm pure it's like no it's a daily choice and sometimes those choices little choices lead to bigger choices that go off of God's path we sin against God sexually um, and and we repent of that we come before the Lord and say Lord help me to walk a path that honors you. Tomorrow is a new day. Your mercies are new every morning. Lord, help me. And 
every day is a day that we can choose to follow God by his strength, by his grace, to walk in a way that honors him in our sexuality. And so I want you to hear that there is redemption for you. Pure sexual purity is not something you land at. It's not like make it to the wedding night and I've done it. It's not like you're conquering something. It's Lord, help me every day to walk this. And so you can decide today, Lord, I want to walk a different path. I want to walk a path that honors you. I want to grow in this. I want to become discipled sexually through these incredible resources that can help me grow and understand your word better. And God can redeem that and he can bring about a beautiful marriage Mm -hmm. in your future. I like that. So backtracking for me a little bit because <laughs> I, I remember two more things that were super helpful. Um, okay, so back to the things that were helpful. One other thing and then I have one other thing and then I'm done. <laughs> You're and talking done. about in preparing to go into your first night. Yes. I'm like that rewinding? Just so I can know where are we in this I'm story. I'm rewinding back okay. to pretend I'm talking. Oh no, that's good because they want all the yes, help they can get. Okay, so we're engaged. Dave and I are engaged and we're preparing for our honeymoon marriage, all of the things. Okay, so back to like was the first night awkward? And these are, this is just like a little tip to help you prepare to make it not awkward. Um, and actually, you know, the friend who was giving me lots of great advice that was married, this is one of the things she recommended. Um, and so as we were closer to our, you know, getting married, Dave and I basically had decided we were going to have a conversation and share anything that we felt super insecure about in, on our bodies or about us that would maybe be a hindrance um, when we were on our honeymoon. And so like for me, I felt like, okay, does he even know what cellulite is? And I've got, a, <laughs> I've got it. Like I've got some cellulite and like, is he going to be shocked by this? You know, um, I, I think most guys like don't really yes. know what cellulite he didn't is. Know what, he didn't know what it was. <laughs> he he was like, what? Like kind of rumbly. And I'm like, you had know, you ever heard of cheese. the word? Before? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. But he didn't really know what it was. I mean, I think he's just being nice to me, but now he's still like, wait, I don't even notice. I'm like, I've literally had a baby and it's worse. Like I had nothing to worry about when I was on my honeymoon, you know, like, um, but anyways, I was able to share that and say, Hey, this is like, I'm insecure about this. I feel like, Oh, like, are you even gonna think I'm pretty, you know? And Mm. he was able to be like, wow, thank you so much for sharing. And like, basically know that that was going to be an insecurity for me. So an area where he could be extra careful and affirming and gentle because he knew that was like a sensitive place. And then he was able to share some things. And I'm telling you like, and I won't, you know, I won't share exactly what we both shared, but for each one of us, it might be different. And we may say like, I'm really insecure or really like nervous about this. Or like, I really feel like this part of me is just ugly or whatever. Then when you go into the honeymoon, the the level of sensitivity Hmm. and love and affirmation you can give to one another, just like I said, that servant's heart, you're able to serve each other so well because you even, you know, you love each other so much. And if you're careful with those sensitive places of your now, you know, husband or your wife's heart, um, him to you and you to him, it can just make it for such a beautiful time. And I think that we as women sometimes can feel like, well, I'm not going to share that or I'm just going to keep it in. And then it can, one little thing can like ruin so much about our, you know, intimacy because we're letting something as silly as like cellulite get in the way of really enjoying, you know, maybe you're trying to like hide your rear so he can't see it, you know? (laughs) Um, But it's like, you know, just communicating about those things because Mm. there is no woman in the world who has whatever even a perfect body is has a perfect body. So sometimes just communicating yes. can be so helpful. And then the last thing, and then <laughs> I'll hand it over to Kristen so she can wrap it up so that I don't say more. Um, the last thing I would say is that 
really, really, really view that beginning year, even the first few years as a journey. Don't view it as like, okay, well, we are failures or we just, our bodies are broken because we don't, you know, we're whatever that arrival experience it is, whatever that Mm -hmm. is in your mind, like we're not there. And oh no, like this isn't feel the way that I thought it should feel. Um, I am telling you that it is such a journey. And, um, you know, I, you know, there, there's so much stuff, there's so much stuff that can happen in even that first year that oftentimes kind of resolves itself. Like this is a little TMI, but it's something that so many young um, newlyweds deal with. Like I got a really bad UTI a few months after being married and I got it treated with antibiotics, but the antibiotics didn't really work. And then I got a horrible kidney infection and then they didn't diagnose it right. And I was literally for days in bed, like Mm. just literally I thought I was going to die. And And for those who might not know, UTI stands for urinary tract infection. Okay, right. Yeah. And it's something that's common. They will often call it like honeymooners sickness. You know, it's very common, but it was so just as a result of being a newlywed. And I was like, wow, I'm like, two months married and now I'm on my deathbed, you know, and it's like, what in the world? And so things like that, where it's like, wow, you're Mm -hmm. learning, you're growing, your body is literally adjusting. So just have a lot of patience. And like Kristen said, with expectations, just really know that it's a journey. You know, Kristen and Zach have been married for 10 years. I'm sure by the time Dave and I have been married for 10 years, our intimacy will have grown so much just because our relationship is deeper. We know each other better. We know how to love one another better. We understand better how our bodies work. We understand better how to serve the other. So that's my final word word of just, you just, it, caution is to just be patient. Mm-hmm. Don't put a huge expectation that you have to reach some point or else you're a failure. Have patience with yourself, have patience with your spouse and just, you know, give it time. And I think if you're intentional and if you're seeking to grow and you're seeking advice, every year that goes by, you're going to yeah. look back and go, wow, our love is just that much deeper. So take a deep breath and just mm-hmm. be like, it's going to be okay. That's okay, all I have to now say. Now I have two more things. Okay. <laughs> Okay, one of them's kind of like a funny thing, but you mentioned the UTI. Someone actually gave me some advice about UTIs that was, this is so random, but it was so helpful. And it was like a medical piece of advice. They said, actually, if you use the bathroom very quickly after intercourse, that can actually kind of like help flush things out and help prevent UTIs. Yeah, so, well, I did that. Oh, sorry. So just a little tip. I know, I'm, I'm just saying in general, it seems to really help me. So hey. just a small tip for your future or your present. Like, no, that is actually married. true. The other yeah. thing that was, this, oh, I can't remember who told me this, but they said, you know, in our culture, sex has become such like a joke, a vulgar, yeah. crude, that we don't often learn the correct terms for things, oh. even within the act of sexual intimacy, even our body parts or how things function. And so That's we'll really just go point. for years. Um, you even think of how parents will talk about their like to their little kids, like their private parts, like all these hilarious like nicknames. Yeah. And it's almost like, oh, like God has worked. Like there are words for a reason. And someone just said, you know, early on, like really grow in your understanding of terminology because it will help give you vocabulary for how to talk about things. If everything's just kind of like a nickname and a crude word, then it's like it kind of takes the respect out of it. And it doesn't give you the the vocabulary to know how to express if there's something wrong or if you're feeling something within your body. You're like, I don't even know what this is because I've never really learned about this and I don't even know what to call this. Or, you know, if you're trying to communicate something that you appreciate or you don't really find enjoyable in the marriage, if you don't have the language for For it, it can create a lot of awkwardness and it can also prevent you from sharing and talking openly. And then it just becomes worse and worse as time goes on and less and less enjoyable because there isn't that open communication. Maybe you're even bitter because you're like, wow, they don't care about me. So would you say intended for pleasure would be a good resource? That book is intended for pleasure. Um, 
it's much more medical. Yeah. So it's not going to necessarily, like it actually does give you like, okay, biblical foundations for things, but some of the other resources you recommended earlier, which let's link those all below so you can find those. Great Um, But yeah, Intended for Pleasure is one I would recommend taking on your honeymoon because it does, it gives you a little bit more of the medical vocabulary, the biology to express what you're thinking, feeling, or what you have questions about in proper terms. And I think it just brings a level of um, honor to the whole experience, respect as God intended, um, and then it just gives you a lot more confidence as you're communicating with your spouse moving forward in your marriage. And that book, Intended for Pleasure, also acts as a really great index, like yes. a resource to just go, okay, I'm having this like issue, but I, I don't even know how to get help for this. Yeah. And Zach and I encountered some of that on our honeymoon, and we just looked up in the book like, oh, this problem. And I was like, oh, wow, like yeah. so many other people have encountered this. We're not the first. Yes. And there was amazing like medical advice, spiritual advice for that, and it helped us so much even on our honeymoon. So yeah. just another tidbit, and I, I know we could go on and on yes, and on I and on. Know. But we will wrap this up. Yes. We do want to hear from you, though, on this, regardless of your stage or season. Um, come hang out with us over on Instagram. We also want to give you a freebie for those of you who are in the trenches of fighting for um, you know, trying to honor God's design for sexuality in your life with yeah. your body. And honestly, that's all of us. Yeah. You don't get married and then suddenly conquer every battle against lust. Like no. we are all seeking to honor God in our hearts, in our lives, in our actions. And there is a free product we want to give you just to encourage you Absolutely. in this pursuit. We know it's hard. We get it. We are right there with you. If you head on over to girldefined.com slash battle, you can download a free resource called Battling Sexual Temptation, a biblical toolkit for Christian girls. Wow. This is an amazing PDF that we created to mm-hmm. help you. It's just a snippet, um, just a little toolkit to help you battle yeah. sexual temptation in your life. So head on over to girldefined.com slash battle. It's our gift to you. And if you appreciate this resource, if you appreciate this podcast, like I shared at the beginning, reviews are one of the biggest ways you can say thank you, Girl Defined, for having this episode, for having this podcast, for speaking God's truth in a world that is more and more turning against God, turning Mm -hmm. away from God's truth. We want to keep these truths on the air, online, and you can help us do that. You can encourage us personally. We read every review. We look at them go over wherever you listen and leave us a five-star review. That would be so helpful, so encouraging, and we'll get this message out to more people. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and having this really great down-to-earth conversation about something pretty much every woman thinks about yes. at some point in her <laughs> life, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're going to continue this conversation on Instagram, at Girl Defined, so definitely join the combo. If you have more questions where you're like, ooh, I didn't know they would talk about stuff like this, then definitely you know, leave a comment and say, here are my questions, because we want to answer what you are thinking and what you you want to know. And until then, we will see you in next episode.